Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen, and my co-host, Samantha, is away this week. But we have Joel with me again. Bless him for agreeing to be with me. Hi, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, honey, thank you for being with me. And and did I just hear you say as we were getting ready to go live uh, that there were some problems with you getting into blog talk tonight? Yeah, it seems like some of the pages or some of the links to the pages aren't working, so um, uh, I'm not right. quite sure what was going on. Yeah, so I am running the chat room alone tonight, so everybody be nice to me, okay, and don't don't bombard me, okay, because um, I can't, I'm trying to do all of this techie stuff at once, and, you know, so be patient with me. In any case, Joel, we're happy to have you with us tonight. Happy new moon last night to you. Oh, and to you too. Thank you. I know. I'm excited because I've done a grid, and we're going to be talking uh, in a little bit about the, the new moon grid that I have done. Joel and I have a lot of information uh, planned for you tonight, and given that, I'm going to skip the animal of the week, and we're going to skip the meditation, and the show is really all about mini crystals of the week this week. That's really where we're going tonight. So sit back and enjoy and uh, be with me tonight, and whenever you're able to listen to this show and enjoy all the information that Joel is going to share with us tonight. Where shall we begin, sir? Well, let's see, I think you thought that it might be good to talk a little bit about uh, beginning to assimilate crystals into your life, your daily life, working with them, uh, meditating with them, uh, just trying to experience them, maybe for the first time, or maybe if you've lost a little interest, that might be a good way to approach it. Well, you know, it's true. You know, that, that's a good point. As I was, um, I took down <clears throat> yesterday, um, the grid that I had done as the moon was waning. I had I had created a grid after the full moon because of some things I wanted to release. And so yesterday as the moon became new, I released that grid. I took it down. I cleaned the stones, set on the side to, um, to soak and, and say thank you to all the work that they had done. And then I began to do the meditating uh, piece last night of what I wanted this new grid to look like. So, of course, you know, I tore apart bowls of stones and gathered them from all over the house because they're everywhere and put this grid together today. And then I had to put everybody back uh, that were not being used in, in their place. So <laughs> I... <laughs> and you, I know. You know, what, you know what that's like. Um, it's a chore. It was. A, it took me a couple of hours to... <laughs> 
today. I, I spent two, probably two hours today digging my hands in bowls of stone and rearranging and touching and cleaning and talking to and, and almost all of the stone people in my house, almost all of them. And and that's really the way I view it, is this is a relationship I have with stones in my house. I bet you, Joel, that if I were to come into your house and blindfold you and put even tumbled stones in your hand by your relationship with those stones and the way they feel in your hand and the way you have held them and had communication with them, you could identify those stones without looking at them. I think I probably could, <laughs> for a good part of them at least. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Me too. And, you know, and I don't know that a lot of folks can do that. I, I have a really wonderful friend here who um, I will say to her, she'll say something's going on in her life, and I'll say, well, you know, do you have a piece of amethyst? Yeah, I think so. i got a bowl of rocks. What do you mean you think so? What do you mean you don't know? You know, that's hard for me. That's really hard for me. Yeah. Can you speak to that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, and, and it's a good segue to something I was going to suggest as one of the exercises for people to kind of take away uh, tonight. But, you know, if you're really getting to know yourself through the process of, you know, attaching to the mineral kingdom, you're going to kind of know what stones you have and which ones you don't just because you will have really engaged with it. Um, you know, some people may be at a stage where they're still just attracted to them and they're not really sure why, um, and they're not really sure exactly where they may benefit um, from from meditating with or working with that stone. So I think that's where it's a different phase that you might be in or a different stage that you might be in of spirituality may play pay to some of that don't you think well i do and i think you know there's there's always that continuum of folks just beginning to learn i remember that very first crystal that the very first psychic i ever saw gave me and what was that 1982 1983 you know yeah i remember being so excited over that little tiny rock and it was little remember and yet i wore that stone around my neck until it finally said I've done all I can do for you. I mean, really, and the rock really literally said that. The chain yeah. broke three times. I kept ignoring it. The chain <laughs> broke three times. You t- kept putting it back together. <laughs> I did, and finally the stone said, I'm done. What part of this don't you get? And it snapped in two. I went, oh, you really are done, aren't you? Okay. But, but I remember, and it was just a piece of clear quartz. It was just a tiny little quartz point. And I remember learning and studying everything I could get my hands on about that one particular rock. And, of course, back then there wasn't a lot, you know, really. Right. There wasn't. But that one rock, of course, then led to another and another and another. I know they say you start with a collection and wind up with an inventory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm to the inventory. <laughs> well, I I don't know that I'm to the inventory stage, but um, but I certainly do do have a collection. And I was away uh, for a couple of days this week um, doing some work with somebody. I'm, I'm getting ready to, to do some workshops and trainings with. And, you know, as I'm packing uh, to go on this, you know, couple of overnights, just a couple of hours away, 
one of the things, you know, okay, do you have your toothbrush and, you know, you're this, that, and the other, and what rocks am I taking? What rocks do I have with me? And I took on this trip um, a Herkimer diamond, my meditation stone that connects me to my higher self, a piece of merlinite, and a piece of chiostolite. Those were the stones that went with me on this trip. Well, and you knew those were the perfect ones. They were. You yeah. know, and it's just trusting your intuition, don't you think? Well, absolutely, I do. And interestingly, the gal I was visiting uh, also had stones laid out that she was working with because she, too, is, is a psychic. And uh, uh, she had stones laid out that she had been working with, and she, too, had Herkimer Diamond. She had a um, piece of selenite, I believe it was, that she used. And it seems like there was one other stone she had. Sodalite, maybe it was, you know. So, um, but we were sitting there working with our rocks on the table. Oh, absolutely. And that was very comforting to me and very comfortable to me and exactly the way I felt like we should be working. Well, now, if you were in that early phase, let's say in the very early stages, did you need any prompting or... I mean, weren't you first just enamored with what you were holding before anything else really evolved from it? Wasn't it wasn't there that just that bare attraction to the beauty of the crystal? There was that. There was that. And and you know, this was back in the days where um people were just using terms like programming, which of course today I would never use. Um, but back then they talked about programming crystals and, and all the things that stones could do for me. Right. And it took, it took me a long time to learn that the stone can't do a single thing for me. It, it's about what that stone already does, and I'm just asking it to work with me in its natural task in any case. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But it took me a long time to realize that. You know. It did me too. At first, I was just extremely attracted to the stones themselves. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, if you're ever in a rock shop or at a metaphysical fair and people bring kids, it is hysterical to watch those kids come up to the booth with the crystals. They're, they're, they just go to them like a magnet. And they'll touch them and they'll handle them. You know, kids are very tactile anyway. Um, so it's really interesting to see children who, you know, They'll approach it without hesitation, whereas an adult will step back and just kind of stare at it a bit. The child will go right up to them. Um, So it's really interesting to see that. But I think we are inherently attracted to them, Um, and it's really because it's it's part of that mental kingdom, you know, that some of our trace elements come from that same kingdom. Yeah, we are as as those stones are. We have those same things inside of us. Uh And and I have done that with with the physical appearance of, of stones. Um, you know that that piece of raw, um, um, oh, the earth stone, wait a minute, malachite and azurite. Um, you know that raw piece of malachite and azurite I have? The first yeah. time I laid my eyes on that stone, it was like, mine, you, we, we, we're meant to be buddies, you know? Um, We've just we've just got to be together, and you know, yes, indeed, that stone came home with me. I remember being in England the first time I saw Larimar, and I sent you an email. Do you remember this? I do, I do, yeah. <laughs> I sent you an email <laughs> to England and said, 
I am in love with the stone. I want to eat it. I want to drink it. I want to dive into it. What is it? And, of course, it was ghastly expensive. And I didn't buy it and was able to come home and find it, find a lovely pieces that were much more reasonably priced than, than where I was. But um, I, I just I knew that that stone had properties that I just needed to resonate with. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's kind of a... Um a, a good time to bring in a uh, sort of interesting analogy, if you would. This is the way I like to think about it. If you don't want to get too scientific, but you just need that image um, to kind of help you understand that connection to stones. Imagine if every stone on the planet, regardless, every single mineral, was the equivalent of a tuning fork. And each tuning fork was carrying, of course, its own note and its own frequency. And to be able to tap into that, you obviously have to strike the tuning fork. The tuning fork is just not going to go off on its own. And so it's really you working with the stone and resonating with that frequency. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And do you know that, and of course, as we both know, all stones uh, resonate uh, to a different vibration, a different frequency. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and therein lies that belief of, you know, signature by design um, or divine signature, that um, that frequency that is unique to it are the very benefits that we're supposed to work with to better ourselves and ob- obtain some sort of happiness. I've just been doing some work with uh, tuning fork and vibrations and Herkimer diamond. And Herkimer diamonds resonate to 433 hertz. Just interesting. Yeah, just FYI. I didn't know that. I didn't either, but I do now, uh, because I've been doing some work on on that exact thing of that vibration of those stones. And of course, we think of them as being very slow and 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 solid kind of uh, energies, and yet I'm just described to you an extremely high vibration stone. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that cool? I mean, they elevate our vibration, mm-hmm. and so that's what's is so wonderful about them and, and should be a clue in that you're working with something that's that's actually a higher vibration than we normally are. It raises our vibration. Right, right. And and those folks who are making comments in the chat room, I sure appreciate hearing from you, but I can't ask, answer private messages at this point. I'm, I'm running, working in here by myself tonight, and I'm trying to do about 80 different technique things, so bear with me here and thank you. Um, yes, but, but – and, and – I don't know that computers raise my vibrations. Can I just say that? So, <laughs> but stones certainly certainly work with me to do that, you know. Um, and another, you know, another thing that I find interesting, Joe, and you and I have had this conversation a lot, is, uh, and I, I taught a, a psychic development course uh, workshop yesterday, a, a meetup group yesterday, and I was teaching about um, working with our chakras. And I was talking about um, using stone colors to work with um, with each chakra, and how that could be, you know, how you could begin to think about working that way. And you know this because you have been through my stones. You know my, all my rocks as well as I do. Um, I don't have a lot of lower chakra stones in my house. And yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay, people may not know why that's funny to us, so go ahead, tell them, okay? Go ahead, tell them. Well, it's just, it's just that one area that Deb doesn't want to be pushed on. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I don't because I like living up here in these higher chakras. I'm very happy with my greens and blues and purples, you know, and, and, and certainly, you know, uh, carnelian and, you know, uh, yellowstones, but... Um, but just the, but the fact that I don't have, for example, root chakra stones, is it because I don't want to to work with that uh, that energy and those chakras and and stone red stones, for example, or is it um, that I um, don't need to? Well, I I think what I would interpret from that is if I was repeatedly being presented a lower chakra stone and I was ignoring it, then I would have to say I probably need to, although I can continue to ignore it as long as I'd like, right? But mm-hmm. if it was being presented over and over, I would say the universe was trying to get, let me know that I should be working with something with that stone. Well, but if I haven't. If it's not being presented, then uh-huh. you're probably fine right where you are. That's what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, and and that, seems to be, that seems to be the case. Um, in, certainly in my life, although I do have, you know, I do have some red stones. But interestingly, I have red coral, for example. Right. Uh, that's a red stone I have, and I have some uh, mukaite and some red jasper and some things like that. You know. Um, so. Um, well, you know, it's funny. I, I I developed a fascination with the reds and the oranges and the browns and the blacks and the banded and everything in between. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, and I think I've, I've probably told you this a million times, is that the stone that I have aversion to is malachite. And for me, picking up a piece of malachite is like holding a panic attack. Isn't That's that the only a- way to describe it. I, I find it beautiful, but if I stand there and just hold it, after a while it's like, hold, it's like holding a panic attack. I have to put it down. And malachite doesn't affect me that way at all. I have a lovely piece of malachite um, uh, that I wear, you know, that I'm very, oh, I, I think very attracted to. Stone. But, you know, when malachite has done its job for you, it will crack. It will break. It will say well, I've done I all I don't have any except some that's mixed in with some uh, uh, malachite nazurite, but I do not have a piece of just malachite, interestingly enough. Oh, I have a I have a piece of malachite, and then I have a a, a piece of malachite and azurite on a, a kind of a copper base, because of course that's where it comes from. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Joel, if I were to tell you the stones that I have um, put in the grid today that I created, I bet you could tell me what that grid was for. Let's well, try it. Okay. Okay. So here's my grid. Lepidolite, celestite, ametrine, apatite, and gray-banded obsidian. I would say it was definitely your um, bringing in for you. This was your new moon grid, correct? That is correct. I made it to, to today. I, I started the process of meditating and asking for guidance on the stones last night as the moon was turning new, and then I built the grid today. 
well, there's definitely a lot of balance there and higher self stones, um, intellect stones versus spirituality stones. So you're kind of looking for that balance between intellect and spirituality. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. Um, that, in a real simplistic answer, what, what I ask for, to happen with these stones as I place them on a plate was that they would help me to meditate on and have an awareness of finding and maintaining a balance between uh, a lot of intellectual pursuits that I've got going on right now and maintaining my spiritual self. Now, how did you know that? Basically from the chakra range that was being used, like whether they were third eye stones or crown stones, um, and just some of the properties that you get familiar with when you're working with the stones and kind of acquiring them. Right. So part of so what Joel's saying, folks, partly is this is rote memorization. You, you've learned what these stones do, right? Because you've studied exactly, and researched yeah. them. So that's one thing. The other is is doing just what I suggested to my class yesterday was to take a look at the colors of the stones and see what chakras we were working with, right? Exactly, and that's always a safe bet. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's letting you know something. Yeah, it it really is. Um, so how will this grid now help me? What what What's the whole point in doing this grid? Well, excuse me, it's going to be your consciousness of where you want to be and it becoming your focus point and working with these stones by focusing and meditating on and channeling that energy to pick up on the vibration that they're sending off so that you benefit in that area. Exactly. So it's it's my vibrations and my focus and my meditation and my um, writing, for example, journaling about, meditating about, asking my spirit guides about that that topic, um, and then the stones doing the work that they naturally do um, to help send those questions up for me and to help uh, bring in that clarity of answers. Yeah, and you know, sometimes it could be as simple as just making you aware of the situation or uh, the goal and what's attainable. I mean, that may be that stone's only job is just getting the awareness going. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it may be as simple as that. The first couple of stones, even your attraction to them, um, is just really the awareness. It's the, it's really that first stage that can be the most fun, because uh, especially if you're doing it with other people, um, because you're learning a lot about rocks, um, you're meeting a lot of rock people, and it, it becomes fun sharing stories about stones and you know getting stones together, and it's a good experience. Well, it really is, and you know, I'm I'm sitting here looking at the grid that lives next to my computer. And and every stone in that grid has a story, and not just in what it does and, and how that stone and I relate to each other, but where I got it and who I was with and, and how, it, how it came to me. And, um, and, and it, that's a wonderful thing. You know, they're, they're as separate and as individual and unique to me as, I don't know, a 
pair of earrings, for example, you know, because you remember that sort of stuff. You know, right, right. You you inventory in your mind because you have this positive association with it. Exactly. It actually, you know, gets inventoried. At least mine do. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I mean, what I'm sitting here looking at right next to the computer is a sodalite egg that was a gift to me from Samantha. A piece of labradorite, this beautifully polished labradorite that was a gift from you, and a piece of ruby and zorsite. That's a, uh, a ruby and zorsite wand that I bought. Um, on a trip actually to buy stones with uh, Susan and Samantha. And those three stones live next to my computer to help me with, remind me of creativity and that sort of thing, you know? Right. And most importantly, it's it. I think the beauty of it is the intent that you set for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the connection that you have with each stone um, and what an honor it is to associate that stone with that task. Yeah, and it's the task they already do. Correct. You know, it's a task that that they're already doing, so, yeah. Well, and I also look at it as the task that I have to do. Um, So, you know, I think I was sharing with you earlier that one of the things that I think is real important, for at least for me, I can only speak for myself, um, in working with crystals, is what can I use it for um, in focusing of that crystal and understanding what its pro- properties are, that I can make myself a better person. Um, not for any other gain other than just being a better person to other people on the planet, to the planet itself. Um, and that's kind of a, a a simple but healthy perspective, I think, with stones, because you're really you're really just doing your own journey, and you're using them to kind of help you get along through the whole journey. Absolutely true, and you know, um, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted um, to. I'm so glad that you were able to join me tonight on this on this new moon, and to talk about this grid that I've just done because so often when my clients hear the word manifest, they immediately think money, stuff, some kind of tangible financial gain, and and it's important to realize that, at least for me, that there are a lot of other things, a lot of other emotions, a lot of other aspects of my life that need manifesting rather than something that might be physical or tangible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think you lose something tremendously. You're missing a huge opportunity when when the first thing that pops into your head when you hear manifesting is trying to seek money or, you know, up to, to get a particular situation in your favor that is often going to backfire, in my opinion, or it's just going to be a huge letdown because uh, you're, you're trying to force something and you're using a tool that's really not meant to be used that way, in my opinion, or at least it's just never occurred to me that that would be a positive way to use it. I no, think bettering but- yourself, right? Uh, the, the more you work on yourself, those things will come naturally or you'll receive exactly what you should have. Um, to get you through, and you know, it's it's just one phase, right? Yes, exactly. You know, and what what is it that? And some, and I've I've done this when I've done manifesting workshops. Actually, um, I, I will say, is it really money you want, or is it what money might bring you? And eventually, we get down to feeling safe, 
We get right. down feeling, you know, comfortable. Somebody's uh, just written in the chat room, no, it's freedom. Uh, you know, so so it really often isn't the money that we want at all or something tangible or physical that we're really asking for when we really peel away the layers of, of what we're requesting. And then what are we willing to do to get there? Because the rocks aren't going to do it for us. Right. In a lot of cases, not much, you know, especially if it's a sensitive situation, right? If you're suddenly confronting a very personal and sensitive topic um, about yourself, something maybe from your past, something that you've been suppressing, and now it's finally surfaced and you're getting all these indications that it's time to now begin to work on this, it, that, become, that can become a little bit of a messy situation. Well, and we, you know. There can be some it, resistance, right? Sure, absolutely, and and particularly when when there's something that we need to address or face, and we think, okay, it's time. I'm getting the signs for, that it's time to do this, but this isn't necessarily going to be comfortable. When we see an aspect of ourselves, perhaps that that needs work, and uh, so we're going to ask some rocks to help us with that, and um, we're going to meditate and begin to work on that. It's not easy to peel away those layers sometimes. It's not, and that's why it's a good thing not to have um, a, any greater of an expectation of the outcome of working with stones unless you can assess it to how much you want to invest in it. Right. Because it, it is. It's, it's a personal journey, and it should, it's a fun journey. You know, I mean, there's nothing greater than improving yourself or helping other people um, get through a crisis of theirs. There's just, there's nothing better than that, I don't think. I mean, what else could there be than making yourself a better person to help somebody else? Um, Spiritually or emotionally. Right. Right. And, you know, to... um, Sometimes rocks are just comforting to have in your hands as you're as you're going through a transition time in your life. You know, just Absolutely. they're really that they're just comforting. In addition to what else they may do, um, but sometimes just to have them with you. Don't you have stones? You just you know, my mama used to have a worry stone, and I don't know what kind of rock it was, but, you know, she would rub that rock like crazy sometimes because it was comforting to her. Absolutely. Well, and I think it really wouldn't matter what kind of stone it is, but it'd be interesting to pay attention which one is bringing you comfort, but it's a really good thing to do. Yes, absolutely. Michelle's just written in the chat room that, you know, sometimes that's about connecting with that stone and ourselves for clear and purposeful acts for your internal desires. That's a great way to say it. Thanks. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and you know, that's a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Deb. No, you go ahead, and then we'll take a break. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, and that's a real good way to start. You know, if you're just beginning with crystals, or if you've got a lot of them and you've kind of found yourself pulled away from them and you've lost interest or been distracted, that's kind of a nice way to re-engage. Is just to start to pay attention to which crystals are showing up and why, which ones feel good and why, and just start being aware, not necessarily hypervigilant, but just aware that this is now going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes I find that if I sit with a stone, 
if I clean it, and I mean that some I mean that physically, you know, wash it off, um, or you know, if it can be put in water, for example, and and then sit with the stone, hold it in light, turn it different ways, um, put it between you and a candle flame, and look at it, uh, and look, try to look inside it. Um, in fact, after the break, why don't you tell people about what you discovered in your newest um, oh, okay, uh, sure. acquisition? Because, because you know, you didn't see that when you bought that stone, but then, you know, after you spent time with it and really got to know it, you began to see these additional attributes in it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me just tell people about our sponsor tonight. Uh, we are sponsored by AudibleTrial.com. Uh, Audible Books does this great thing where you can um, sign up. Um, I think it's only $14 a month uh, if you use the code Psychic Teachers. If you sign up with audibletrial.com, you can download um, lots of books from them. And then if you don't like it, you can certainly cancel at the end of the month. But I don't know anybody that has done that, really, uh, because there's just such great books involved and available with that. And I don't have a specific suggestion for you tonight on that, but I would suggest that you go and take a look at what books on stones and spirituality they've got, because I think you will certainly find um, many books at Audible that relate to um, the work that we talk about here on this um, show tonight. So audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers. So there you go. Okay, so tell us about your new stone. So when I was in Wilmington visiting, I picked up a amatine crystal, and it was dark enough that it was kind of hard to really see through the faces of it, other than just the zoning of the, the citrine. But I took a photograph of it in the sunlight, and it was then that I could actually see there is a crystal inside the crystal. So it's got like a, a more narrow central crystal that's growing up inside, but you, it's so dark you can't really see it on the outside um, without benefit of sunlight. But it was something that I never noticed when I purchased it. Uh, they just didn't have that much light in the store, so I couldn't see it, to be quite honest. So that was pretty exciting. And is the stone inside, because ametrine is a combination of amethyst and citrine, right? Correct, yeah. So the crystal that's growing inside, is it is it amethyst or is it citrine? Which... It, looks to be, it looks to be in the amethyst zone of the ametrine, and so I can see next to the, one of the faces of it where the citrine zoning starts from where the radiation had hit. And mm-hmm. so I can see where that was, where that is, but it's not within the the inner crystal, if you will. I see. So it's more in the more in the amethyst area of the stone, right? Right. It's up near the top between the two stones, if you will. Uh huh. I got you. And and is it a is it a pointed like a like a crystal point inside? Oh, there? absolutely. Yeah, it's a six sided crystal sticking up in the middle of it. So it's a, it's a crystal within a crystal. They call some people refer to them as manifestation crystals, but it's it's just a very visible crystal within an outer crystal. It's right. kind of been engulfed. That is just amazing to me how they grow. It, it is. You know, and I'm not a geologist, and and the thought even the word geology kind of freaks me out. But but I am <laughs> just <laughs> but I am just fascinated and mesmerized by the way these things just 
grow and how they grow inside of each other and 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 how they're formed it's a fascinating thing to me and so for you what does that crystal inside that crystal mean to you what's that about for you you know i'm not quite i haven't placed any any value set on it whatsoever at this point right now just the um the sort of uniqueness of it if you will uh that it's it's got the crystal within the crystal. Mhm. So I haven't really I, I'm still journeying with this guy, so Michelle says the energy of that stone must be amazing. It is. Uh, it's it it sort of sucks the air out of a room. It's a pretty amazing rock. <laughs> it Don't really is. And it it was a it was a big because at first, you know, I saw it in the store, and I just, you know, I thought, wow, that's really nice, but uh, I wasn't going to go there. And uh, I went for a walk on the beach, and the whole time I walked, I just kept thinking of that stone, and so I went back and and got it. So, again, it's one well, of those frustrating things when you don't just go ahead and get it when you when you know that you should. Uh huh. I I did that same thing with a beautiful malachite pendant uh, several years ago. I saw it in a uh, beautiful store uh, made by Lakota people in in Rapid City and it was expensive by my standards and, and I didn't buy it and I regretted it for a solid year and I went back the next year with the intent that if the stone was still there I was going to buy it and it was gone yeah, so then I, I had to feeling. go I know and so then I had to go through um the oh it wasn't meant for me anyway thing you know and and in fact i did get another lovely piece at a considerably um less cost but but nonetheless it was it was a beautiful stone there's a question in the chat room for you joel um what does bismuth do i'm not familiar with bismuth i don't know what that term means i it's this person has spelled it b i s m u t h i've never seen that sp- that way, so I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it's a valid mineral. I'm just not personally familiar with it. It's not one that I've acquired or read about. Yeah, I've never. I don't know. I've, I've never heard of that word. I'm sorry. But I, I would suggest going to um, Love Is in the Earth um, because I am confident. I mean, there's about 1,500 minerals in e- in the, even the paperback volume. But I, I would go there because Melody covered a lot of minerals. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am very blessed, and so are you, to own this book. And, and it is not inexpensive. The the hardback, full-scale version of this book is about $75. Um, but it is worth every penny of it, in my opinion. Um, Melody is the author, just Melody. And the name of the book is Love is in the Earth, the Crystal and Mineral Encyclopedia. And... It really is a be-all, end-all, because she really does probably know more than anybody else in the world about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you can also, um, before she published the big encyclopedia, there were the series of the uh, large paperback, Love is in the Earth book. I think they were just called A Kaleidoscope of Crystals. Uh And they're good reference books because they're easy to carry around. They're nothing compared to the encyclopedia, but they're just as detailed and as prolific as they just don't have photographs. So there's no images of the minerals, but you can still read about them, which is is cool. Uh, Because it's it's such an expansive volume. uh 
Um, Michelle has answered the question here with the bismuth, bismuth question and said that that's a man-made crystal, so I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm so not I don't either. know, but I'm just not familiar with it. I'm not either, but love and love is in the earth will answer uh, the question. Um, even even stones that are often sold as crystals that are glass. She she talks about those. Um, yeah. So uh, okay. So good. So Joel, if if you're somebody who um, has been collecting stones because you've been to a psychic and we've given you a rock and said, here, we think you might need this or uh, or whatever, or and you've got dishes of them around your house and they're pretty and um, you don't spend time with them, would, would perhaps something be that would be helpful to people is to say, okay, because um, I know our friend Susan did this for a while. For a week, I'm going to spend... Um, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, 10 minutes, uh, every day or two, just sitting with this stone. I'm going to go read about this stone in, in Love is in the Earth. Uh, I'm going to hold this crystal in my left hand, my right hand. I'm going to hold it against my third eye, against my throat chakra, whatever. Uh, and I'm going to just spend some time getting to know this stone. Do you recommend that technique? I do. Um, the other thing, e- even breaking it down, a step lower or sort of a, a, a prequel to that is to just begin carrying a crystal. Don't worry about anything else other than I'm going to handle it, I'm going to carry it, and all I'm going to do is remind myself that I'm a developing a connection. I mean, just to get used to, to being with the crystal itself. Um, then take it a step further. And, and just after you've spent a week holding it, then go read about it, or maybe you don't even need a week. But hold it and get to know it first, other than expecting anything of it, and then go read about it. I always think that's a really interesting experience because it's amazing how poignant uh, the delivery usually is, especially after two or three days. That somehow you begin to really connect to that energy. You do, and and you recognize how appropriate the choice was. Uh, whether it was your choice or somebody giving it to you, a gift, uh, a find, a purchase, it, it's amazing how poignant it can be. You may not want to address it right now or, or deal with it right now, depending on what the message might be, but it, it's still quite poignant. Well, you know, and, and you know, sometimes um, stones, you're going to just, you're going to shoot me for what I'm getting ready to do, but bear with me here. Um, Stones really are a rolling stone thing. Yeah. You don't always get what you want, but you get what you need. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have certainly been given stones that I thought, mm, okay, thank you. That was that was a nice gift. And uh, either the person didn't know why they felt like I needed to have the stone, or they did and they didn't share it with me and were waiting for me to have that self-discovery. And sometimes it takes a long time, sometimes months, for me to say, oh, gee whiz, um, this is the stone I need, and it's been sitting on this table waiting for me to connect with it now for a long time. I mean, that exactly. happened with me with the chastite, you know? Um, so there you go. Uh, there's a great comment in the chat room I have to share with you here, Joel. Um, Shell says, I found a stone called, quote, the TV stone, 
while waiting a layover at an airport. When placed on a flat surface, it projects the image it is sitting on to the surface of the stone. Do now, you I've have never a- heard of TV stone. <laughs> 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 There's a couple of stones that, you know, like, for instance, uh, Girasol Quartz, it has a nice play on light and optical calcite, and there's that uh, window stone, but I've not personally heard of TV stone. So that and bismuth are new to me. Yeah, me too. See, and and folks, I have to tell you, um, Joel knows more about rocks than than almost anybody I I know. I mean, Joel has studied with Melody, and for him to say I don't know a stone, it just tells you how much all of us could still have to learn. I mean, we're all learning so much. I think it's so cool. Um, I was doing some work with that optical calcite stone today that you had given me. You know. I, I like optical calcite. I do too. So yes, I've never heard of the TV stone either, and that kind of makes me uh, scary. So, uh, but you know that can be the fun oh. part too. Is again, you know, you hear about stones that you've not heard of. I mean, it's funny how they'll pop up. It's there'll be a long stretch where I'm I'm mostly focused with the stones that I might have or that somebody may have shown me or you know put my attention to, and then there'll be this long span of a very limited set of stones that you see out there, and then suddenly there's these new stones that hit, and some of them are very legitimate natural minerals. So it's, I think it's just part of the magic. Well, this is magic, and we have answers. Thank you, Jerome and Muggins and Michelle. That TV stone is called, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, Ulexite? U-L- oh, cool. U-L-E-X-I-T-E? Um. That's how I'd pronounce. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't know if I'm right. If I'm if I'm saying it wrong, one of you who knows what it is, correct me. Ulexite, U L. I'm going to write this down so I can do some homework about it. Thank you all. This is fun. Yeah. See, it's it's a learning experience for everybody. For everybody. That's the fun part of yeah doing it in a community. I know. I I just love it. Um, and then there's a lovely. Um, uh, Oh, and then Allie writes, seems like a lot of stones get new names, too. And, yes, that's absolutely true. You know, that's true. Um, But then there's a lovely comment here from someone who says, the agates with landscape scenes are mesmerizing, and that's true for the jaspers, too. Like the picture jasper. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, or ocean jasper. Oh, I could just be lost in a piece of ocean jasper for hours. And I like that polychrome jasper. Oh, that's beautiful. The colors are just amazing. It's it's. Yeah. Oh wait, these these people are still on the TV rock. So hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, but this is great because I'm so excited. We're so learning. Uh, Jerome says the optical effect exhibited by television stone is caused by each of its individual fibers acting as fiber optic cables transmitting light from one surface to the other. Since all the fibers are parallel and compacted together, any image is at below... Wait a minute, I lost it. At below is... Transmit it through each crystal fiber to the top. Okay, so let me put this in the chat room in some order here. Okay, and then... um, 
Michelle describes it as fibers of alexite act as fiber as optical fibers, and Muggins says since all the fibers are parallel and compacted together, um, any image at below is transmitted through each crystal fiber to the top surface. For the effect to be seen, the specimen must be polished with smooth surfaces. Well, how about that? Well, it's got to have sort of some interesting metaphysical properties. Uh, I know I'm going to do some look it up. And then Linda has helped us with the question of um, the bismuth. And she says, I have some bismuth. B-I-S-M-U-T-H. It is multicolored, metallic, and grows in a stack. I thought it was man-made only because its growth seems uh, very slow naturally. So uh, there you go. It is, It is met, as Michelle has said, it is. Well, those will be fun to look up. I've, I'm not familiar with either one of those. So it's, um, you know, I have to personally, I rely on like serendipity and Bob to give me my complete education. Um, and I also, I'll spend a lot of morning time looking at crystals online. So it's it's just fun. I'll go out to like some of the photograph sites uh, where people share photos, and you can just look at nothing but galleries of minerals. And I can sit there for hours. It's just so amazing. But that's where I'll get a lot, where I find myself resonating with a particular image, and then I'll start to investigate more about the stone and then talk to Bob and Serendipity about it. And So, you know, I still feel myself forever the student um, when it comes to stones just because, it, you know, again, it's your personal journey that you're really working through when you're working with them. So I think we're we're all really forever the student. Well, I think so, too. Um, I, absolutely. Um, Jerome says that this uh, Alexite, we're still on Alexite here, um, metaphys- metaphysically. I'm so glad he's there, I swear. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> Thank God for Jerome. I know, I feel the same way. It's a stone that encourages you to develop the gift of clairvoyance and of far-seeing, either far in time or far or far in distance. It connects the emotions and the mind to enable you to see what you are feeling more clearly. Wow. Now you know what that does, of course. Now I need to repeat people. <laughs> thank you, Shell, for doing this to me. Yeah, you know, thank you very much, Shell, for telling now us about this. Now we're both going to feel that we're supposed to be working with you like <laughs> Now we got to go get this rock. You know, that's what I know, exactly. That's how you end up with so darn many rocks, you know. And the reality is you don't really need but one. <laughs> well, exactly. Technically. But uh, Michelle is, oh, I know. Boy, oh, Michelle's added yet more. Yulexite is third eye opening, amplifying dreams, imagination, imagery. Uh, and Shell says the projecting properties reminds me to bring my inner thoughts and needs to the surface. So nice. Yeah. That is nice. It so, is. see, I think that's a perfect example of just, um, you know, hearing about a stone, checking it out. And then how does that apply to me? You know, is that something I can benefit on or um, improve myself or better my journey and my experience and the experience for others on it with me? Right, or be helpful to other people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and this kind of conversation, and I mean, we just had a bunch of people get really excited about a new rock. And, and that's exactly what you and I have done now together for many years. 
Exactly, but I'm, really ex- I'm genuinely excited about these two new rocks. <laughs> I'm planning <laughs> well, on finding them. Man-made. This myth is man-made, as they have all is pointed it? out. But, <laughs> but the Ulexite, uh, you know, get on it, Joel. I can't wait. Yeah, I will. You will really bet before when I get when when the show is over. You will bet that I will Google it so I can see what it looks like, or I'll check. Well, I'll, I'll have oh. to go to my mentors. You know, it's certainly nothing I would have, but because, um, like I said, I've never even heard of it. So I've I've enjoyed this. I've certainly benefited. I I know it 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 is. And Michelle has pointed out it is a great stone to learn about at a new moon. And that absolutely, how appropriate yeah. is that? Absolutely, you know. Um, oh, Allie says it looks a lot like selenite. Oh, then it's got to be pretty. Yeah, because selenite's beautiful. I was just given a, a piece of selenite that was almost clear. If you if you didn't if you didn't see the layering in it, you would think it was just a piece of quartz. Oh yeah, um, the book selenite. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is very pretty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's so, especially in Utah some beautiful pieces of of the book selenite. Oh, fun. Yeah, and you know, I think that's another thing. Um, somehow it, I've, I've taken an interest in where stones come from, and I didn't used to pay much attention to that because, you know, I don't understand the whole mining thing. Um, but I've gotten more interested in where a stone comes from. And I also have to tell you, in, in doing my research and planning for my grid for uh, today, I, 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 was, I got lost in Love is in the Earth. I, I just got lost in that book for a while, and I got lost in the opal section. Oh, I love opals. There are some beautiful opals, are there not, around from around the world? They're they're just they're so amazing. One of the most beautiful things I ever saw looking at minerals online was an image. If you Google uh, limbcast, two words, L-I-M-B-C-A-S-T, you can one of the first images that'll come up is an opalized limbcast, and it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Spell it again, and I'll put it in the chat room for folks. L-I-M-B-C-A-S-T, two words. Oh, two words. Yeah, so limb, cast. Okay. Yes, and somebody has pointed out that that opals are our birthstones, and that is true. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is my birthstone. Um, Limb cast, tell us some more about that. So a limb cast, especially, my friend Bob has a wonderful theory in that uh, you should really pay attention to, certainly paying attention to the location of stones, but also those stones that are around you locally, stones that may originate from the particular geographical area you're in. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like eating locally. So you're looking at the benefits of working with stones that are, are really already accessible to you locally. It's kind of a neat perspective to take and so that's how i really got introduced to limbcast bob is from wyoming and he actually goes out and collects limbcast and they're in all these different sort of prehistoric forest areas of wyoming and it's basically where uh, mineralization has replaced the carbon so as a tree limb petrified it basically the carbon was all consumed by minerals such as quartz and agate, and it becomes like a quartz or agate tree limb. Mhm. Oh yeah, 
Isn't that I, you? I remember us talking about this before. Yeah, that's yeah, and some of them, you know, especially due to the water content, they'll actually in the age they'll actually opalize, which is really amazing. I don't have any. I, I have two, and they're both quartz. And then I have one that's um, maybe some quartz and agate, but uh, certainly nothing as nice as the ones that I've seen online that are opalized. Although I'm very fond of mine because um, they were were from my friend Bob. So. And and Jerome, I just have to, to just tease Jerome here a minute, so bear with me. Jerome has just said in the chat room, "Oh my God, I have Ulexite. I bought it some time ago because I loved it, and I just looked it up in my journal and saw I had it." And <laughs> uh, so. Okay, um, but I've done that, and so I'm I'm teasing him because you know he has this great rock, and here we are talking about. It and he goes, "Oh yeah, I, I forgot I had that." So it's about going back and spending time with and paying attention to them because I've done the same thing. I know. I mean, it sounds like right now that you and me and Jerome are all supposed to be working with Alexite. Well, I know it. We need to get on it here. I know it. And and I have to go back to something that Linda said in the chat room. Uh, she's been drawn to chastolite lately. And when I was talking earlier, Linda, about the stone that um, I had been given that had just sat because I was not ready to deal with its energy, that's the stone. And I have spent a lot of time lately working with chastolite. So... Uh, yes, I understand how that can work too. Um, Jerome says he's it's even on his altar, and he had you know forgotten what it was called. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so know that know thy rocks. <laughs> That's how that we can all learn from that lesson. I'll tell you. I tell you, I've learned a lot in this past hour, and I'm very grateful for. That. I have. That's been this has been a fun show. Yeah, I know it. Um, so, Joel, did you do something rock-wise for the new moon? Um, I just played with my ametrine. Oh, so, so actually, true. some ametrine and some Laramar. And it was just some meditation work. I have a Laramar question for you. Um, I, I have, as we said earlier, I have a couple of really lovely pieces of Laramar, including one that's I have raw Laramar from, that was brought to me from Dominican Republic. And um, somebody told me that because, of course, it, like Super 7, is a very limited quantity, and when it's gone, it's gone because, you know, the cave is filled in, um, that now folks are making some kind of a fake Laramar, and that the way you can tell the difference is if you hold the stone to a light, if you can see through it, it's not real Laramar. Do you know anything about that? I don't. It's not. I, I'm not surprised. I've heard that there's even, uh, if you will, counterfeit or man-made uh, tektite. Um, I guess we probably better know it. Uh, the asteroids, um, mm-hmm. the glass, and so any of the tektite material that they're able to reproduce it so that it looks legitimate. You know, in colors like black and green. So you have to kind of be careful, mm-hmm. especially with things like that. Yeah, I would be very hesitant to buy Laramar these days. The piece I have that's set in a pendant is consider is old. You know, it's been around. I've had it for a while, and it and it, it I got it from someone who had had it for a long time. So I'm confident that that is Laramar. But um, these days, I would be nervous to buy a new piece of Laramar, and it's so ghastly expensive. 
It is expensive. I mean, some of the prices are just amazing, and a lot of that, of course, is driven up by the, um, the sort of metaphysical fair world and that sort of thing. It, it kind of drives the price up, you know, when people start really praising it for doing something in particular and gets everybody attention, and the next thing you know, it costs a fortune. Yeah, absolutely true. I know. Um, so, you know, if you've got one piece of quartz, because that's usually, I think, where a lot of folks start, you know, with something like quartz or amethyst, if that's what you've got, begin there. Spend some time with that rock. If you've got a lot of rocks and you've got so many rocks that you don't remember you've got rocks, because I can do that, Joel can do that, and Jerome obviously did that, um, then really do spend some time individually with them and just just connect. Just connect. I think that's really the ultimate um, uh, conversation for tonight. Michelle has summed it all up to it for us tonight. True crystals will speak to the soul. That's a good way to put it. It is. And on that note, thank you, Michelle. Thank you all so very much. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. Joel, thank you for being with me. Oh, thanks for having me. And thank you guys for bringing up some great crystals and sharing all that information. That was That was fun. It was fun. So thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Be the light. And Samantha and I will be with you again next week. Good night, everyone. Good night, and thank you. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.